They teach you not to substitute words for action, not to seek the path of comfort, but to face the stress and spur of difficulty and challenge. So guys, we're really excited today. We, we have a innovator and someone who's changed the game for filmmakers and the industry. Someone uh, who we look up to here, someone whose product we use all the time. It's Tab from Free Fly Systems. Welcome, Tab. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thanks, man. You know, we've had the pleasure to interview a lot of different folks in the industry, and we work with a ton of different folks uh, and manufacturers, but it's very few that I can say have legitimately changed the game and, and it's only been a few years um but the impact of of the movie has legitimately changed the game and it's is it's not only brought in other brands but it's brought in it's it's elevated filmmakers to be able to compete on a whole nother scale is that something that you saw going into this or can you tell us a little bit about when did you figure out that this might be something this might be something big here or did you already know no, I think, you know, we had uh, late at night and early in the morning when you're kind of going for a walk and looking at the sunset or sunrise, you have you have dreams and hopes about what the future might unfold uh, based upon the technology that you're developing. But looking, you know, now coming into the future and seeing the impact that it's actually had, it's really it's really exceeded what we thought was going to happen at the time. Um, because we, you know, originally the kind of the before it was even named the Movi, the predecessor was designed for aerial use because our our background is in drone cinematography and drone photography, and so we really set out to build the device that would allow you to get perfectly stable images from the sky. Yeah, and then just along the way, as it happened, we started to, I mean, it kind of came about because we got obsessed with using this thing. Once we once we were able to get perfectly stable images, then. Uh, in comparison, when you shoot other ways, you're like, oh, that looks terrible. I don't like that at all. So we kept trying to figure out, okay, we really like the way the helicopter shots are looking, but how do we get the rest of our shots to look better? And then, so we just kind of one day, just, you know, probably having a beer after work or something, put handles on the helicopter gimbal. And we went and did a driving test out of the back of my Tundra. And uh, the results were just incredible. And we kind of had that light bulb moment that was like, hey, hold on, a gimbal isn't just something that flies on a helicopter. It has to be used everywhere. And from that moment, that day, we kind of have the very first test video that we shot. And the, basically, the clock was running to launch it as quick as possible. And I was absolutely terrified that somebody was going to you know, launch something similar, same idea before us, because I knew there were a lot of people in that space and I knew eventually somebody was going to have that same idea and get, get it to market. And I really, really, really wanted to be first. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. I mean, being a, a, because you, you doing aerial and then you being an innovator, were, were you, did you already have an entrepreneurial side or was this the first business experience that you had kind of bringing something to market? Uh, no, I had had, um, <clears throat> some business experience just as far as like running a service business. Right. And, and Freefly was about a year old at this point. We had been uh, a year prior, we had just started selling some of like our aerial platforms, our, our multi-rotor kits. And so they were very, very, um, I would say very simple kits that people were using to set up uh, drones similar to what we were flying in the early days. But this was really, 
the first thing that we were going to release or hope to release that we thought would have a broader uh, a broader market appeal. So we knew we really had to get our shit together to launch it. That's good, man. And, and you know, one of the things when when we were doing like just for people listening, we kind of send out preliminary questions and just kind of get a feel for things. Well, I didn't realize that you know this is something that you didn't take funding for. I mean, this is something that you. You had to, you, did you do this all by yourself or tell us a little bit about what that looked like developing the product and, and knowing what it was going to take to bring to market? Because I think a lot of the people um, and a lot of people that listen to this, our demographic is, is not only filmmakers, but filmmakers that run their own show, you know, and they have to manage money and they have to manage client accounts and they have to manage cash flow. And yeah, it's a huge thing. For sure. And I can, I'll even start a little bit further back with my kind of background and experience. So um, you know, going back up to probably 15 years ago, I just became obsessed with the idea of shooting imagery that the world had never seen before, kind of backed on that theme of being first at something. That's really what gets me out of bed in the morning. And my dad was a full-size helicopter pilot. My mom's side of the, the family is in the aviation too. So I'd grown up seeing the world from helicopters and planes, but I wanted to get shots that the world had never seen before without risking my life. And that led me to drones. And so I set up at first a drone photography business. This is way, way back, going back 15 years ago, probably now, um, before they were even called drones. They were just called toy helicopters or RC helicopters. And I built that up into a successful little business, but still just a service business. So, you know, it can only, you know, it can only scale to the point where you're working 365 days a year. And that's all it's going to scale to unless you hire people and train them. Um, and then cameras started getting smaller. So I got really interested in video. I thought, okay, well, I got this successful drone photography business, it should be easy to, to do a video one. It turns out it's not true at all because <laughs> for photography, all you need is everything working perfectly for one one thousandth of a second in aerials, but for video, it needs to work perfectly all the time. So that led to like a five-year deep technical dive to start to understand the kind of problem statement for getting perfectly stable aerial video. And then also starting to develop the technology that would for uh, in the future become the Movi and as, as well as meet that kind of core team that I developed uh, the Movi with back in the day. Um, so I kind of transitioned from a photography business to a videography business. And then eventually we had kind of cracked the code from a technology standpoint as to getting uh, great looking footage and people kept requesting to buy our systems. We weren't really in, in the mindset that we were going to sell a system. But one year we just decided to go on a sales trip and uh, kind of test the market a little bit. And it turns out we way underestimated the market for the drone videography space. And that's that kind of kicked off uh, FreeFly Systems. It just, uh, the market kind of pulled us along. We, we, uh, we got, you know, kind of the first round of orders and we were off to the races and it wasn't even really like a conscious decision or anything like, should we do this? It just, we felt like we were kind of being pulled or pulled along by the market. It just, you know, we just, we just went with it and it's kind of been a wild ride ever since. Um, but transitioning to the movie, we were probably, we were about a year into free fly at that point. And we had been slowly building our skills as designers, as entrepreneurs, as marketers, kind of slowly building everything. The company was about eight people at that point. And uh, I just remember going, you know, we, we went and shot the launch film, one of the launch films with Vincent Lafre in New York. And I remember just being really stressed out and nervous, trying to make sure that that thing went off without a hitch. But at the same time, I was really trying to live, uh, drink in the experience because seeing, you know, seeing his reaction for the, as the first, one of the first people to use it and the, 
you know, the DP on that shoot and all the people on the set getting to see their reactions the first time they ever saw something like this was really special. And then we went to NAB and uh, I would say launching that thing um, at NAB in 2013, it's just, that was like the, the starting line gun. And it's just been kind of a, a mad rush of uh, developing products, bringing products to market and trying to figure out how to run a business and grow a business ever since. But yeah, no, to answer your question specifically, no external funding, uh, co-founders. There's, I have three partners that I started the business with, Hugh, David, and Megan. We kicked in a little bit of money, like 30 grand to start the thing off. And that's all we've done. That's huge, man. And, and, and speaking of of the the impact you made at NAB and at with Vincent and, and lining those kind of things up, I mean, even even the 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 authenticity that you have with the different tech brands and everything was that just a natural progression, or was it when they saw the product they said, "Hey, we want to we want to get on board with you guys or partner on different things." I mean, how did you establish that name, or did the product speak for itself? Uh, I think it spoke for itself a little bit, but honestly, additionally in the background, like I would say, I had been working, you know, pounding the pavement for probably a decade in the drone photography and videography space. And so I had done a lot of work for free or comp or spec work. And I I basically just had a ton of favors to call in. And I'd been kind of holding them all for that moment where I thought we had something was worthwhile to actually ask for something. Because I kind of like to, in the universe, I like to have a lot more favors owed to me than owing. So I kind of had been saving them all up. And, uh, you know, I I had worked with Vince in Hawaii on the 5D Mark to or 5d uh canon 5d campaign when that thing was first launching and a couple other campaigns and you know just some goodwill built up and i think some credibility as well because he'd seen me perform on set and knew that i was passionate about this kind of stuff and but yeah i think there were a lot of people that were like that that'll never work for x y or z reasons when we first released it but um that that was kind of one of the most rewarding things is when people that thought it wasn't going to work or thought it was bullshit actually tried it for the first time and you could kind of see it in their eye their eyes light up as they understood that it it actually was a pretty fun tool to use yeah i i remember on our end we uh we saw brain farm do something with it and uh just the versatility of it and 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 we knew we had to buy one as soon as we bought one I mean, we put it to the test. I mean, we, we've put it through literally negative 14 degrees to, to 114 degrees. We've banged it up. We've dropped it. And it is, it is a performer, man. I mean, it, it's a workhorse and it's, it's, it's changed the game. It, it helped us when we started breaking into larger scale clients like the Under Armors and Reeboks and different things like that. It allowed us to compete with guys that have been in the game a lot longer with crazy tools and and i and it's really changed the industry yeah exactly and that that was honestly that's the part i love is that you know people that maybe don't have access to the craziest most expensive tools you can take this device or devices like it you can take it out into the backcountry and you know if you're passionate you're willing to hit sunrise and sunset and do the work you can come back with something with not that much gear investment, but you can create something that will absolutely stop the rest of the world in their tracks because the imagery is beautiful. Yeah. And it's the truth. It really is. Um, you know, one thing I think that, uh, really separates you is, 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 is being behind you being behind the wheel and, and being someone who is always willing to do what it takes to out innovate. Um, what, what is it that, that drives you to do that? Cause it's, it's, 
you know, I think people see a brand or they see uh, a final product and they don't see everything that goes into creating that product and all the sacrifice and all the, all the, the letdowns and the, and the ups and downs. Um, and it takes a lot of drive. What is it that, that drives you to out innovate and to be the best? I think, I think that's the most exciting, exciting part of life for me is to, it's always been to, to look at the world that everyone else is looking at and see something slightly different, see a different way that you could, you know, like to, if you take the movie, for example, the, the core components, like the core technological building blocks for the movie existed for at least a decade in advance of its creation. But what it took was it took a team of people to come along and look at those things and say, hey, uh, a brushless motor, a MEM sensor, an actuator, a motor driver, and some carbon fiber tube, you could put them together in this way. And that would be much more valuable than the sum of its component parts. It would, it would allow people to do all these incredible things. And I think that's just always been the most exciting part of life for me is just seeing things in a new, a new and interesting way. Yeah, that's good, man. I think uh, as you grow and, and as your competition grows and, and you innovate, your competition innovates, there's always going to be something that uh, it's going to always, it, it, you know, if things are easy, it's going to get harder. If things are hard, it's going to get better. Um, and that's kind of an ebb and flow of, of, of business. But um, I know with your team, um, you've, you've been kind of innovative, not only with them. I, 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 I know that as you get good talent, and, and I think guys like us face this, guys, um, whether you're in an agency, a production company, a technology company, you, you want to incentivize your team and have them grow with you. What, what have you done to help uh, them grow with you? I mean, I would say at the core, the things that I think about as we grow free flies, I try and make sure that everybody on the team is a high performer. And when somebody doesn't fit in and isn't going to be successful here, we address it quickly and uh, move on. You know, not everybody's going to be a perfect fit for a place like this. It's a really, it's a really demanding environment. And part of building a, a culture that A players are going to love or keeping it A players. So that's, you know, that's kind of a harsh truth to talk about right off the bat. But um, when people aren't a good fit, uh, you got to let them go. Um, so that's kind of the first, the first thing that we do that we're pretty aggressive on, I would say. Um, and then, we give, you know, if you ask people what they're interested in when they come to work for a place, because all the people that work here could get a job anywhere they wanted to, right? You know, they want to they want to work on a team that's passionate. They want to work on a team where they have autonomy. They want to work on a team where they feel like they own a chunk of the product. Um, so I try and you know, we all try and reflect that stuff, and we act with try and act with transparency. Try and make sure that everybody has access to all the same info. Um, about a year ago, we started. Uh, an employee profit sharing program. So, um, you know, a quarter of the profits that we make carry on and go to employees. So the team is well aligned. If we all do well, we all do really well. And if we all suck, we all suck together. So yeah. there's, there's not really, there's no us versus them mentality, which is really nice. And that's been, that's been really empowering for me because it allows, you know, there's, there's essentially no issue at FreeFly that the entire team doesn't know about because we're kind of an open book company. Um, so, you know, when, when shit's hitting the fan and we all got to buckle down and put in some long hours and pull things through because we made some design mistakes or whatever we might've screwed up, everybody knows about that. And it's not like, you know, it's not like me making the ask. It's just, 
the, the team has all the info to make the decisions that they need to make. So, yeah, that's good. I don't know. I, at its core though, I just try and make it an awesome place to work. Um, you know, I don't know how much you like follow our Instagram, but it's a pretty, you know, we work really hard, but we're also a bunch of goofy nerds that like to ride electric vehicles and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, and I, and I see that and I notice you've taken a, a, a liking to the story and I, I, I'm always entertained by that. And I know that everybody is. And I mean, even your social media presence, everything about your brand is really, uh, it's tight, man. And, and, and I think it sets a bar, um, uh, in the industry that's, it's important. Um, and, and there's, and as you set that bar, it elevates not only your competitors, but, the uh, the people that use your product and, and it's, it just makes for a, a fun environment. Yeah, I, I guess I would say the same things that you see on stories and Instagram and Facebook Live and all that stuff, those those exist both inside and outside the company. So there's a high level of transparency. You know, you'll see you'll see our engineering team pop into Facebook Live. You'll you know that people are people are engaging in all different types of parts of the business and um, you know, we don't try and keep anybody too siloed in any one area. So I think it's a, you know, it's a good place if you want to, if you want to work hard and have exposure to just a huge, a huge swath of the, uh, of the industry. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, I know one thing for you and, and this is, I think we have a kinder spirit on this is, is, uh, health and wellness. And I think, I think as a leader in a business, in anything, it's important to be sharp, but you got to be every little edge that you have on someone is a big deal. Um, what is health and performance? How does that play in? I mean, because we do, you know, we've had the privilege, we work with uh, a lot of special warfare guys and things like that. So picking brains on on people's tips and tricks on wellness, it's, it, it's huge for me. I love it. And uh, I preach it. And I think it's huge. So wh- wh- what is it about health and performance to you? That's it. That's important. Uh, so I would say the, the, this is something I'm super passionate about right now. And you'll probably see a product from FreeFly in the health and performance space in the next couple of years. Um, nice. Yeah. But uh, for me, it was because the first three years of FreeFly, I kind of fell asleep at the wheel when it came to my personal wellness and kind of health. And then I had a kind of a wake up call where I was going, wow, you really drifted way off course, kind of, you know, where your natural set point is. And it just was a huge wake up call. And I got really re- reinvested in all of that and saw the the effects it was making for me personally, as far as my productivity, my cognitive performance, my emotional resiliency to deal with difficult situations when they arise. Because, you know, this has been a this has just been a crazy ass ride for me. I 10 years ago, I used to be a single drone operator out in the middle of the Arctic filming walrus and all i had to worry about was myself and now i'm trying to lead a team you know a huge team of people to develop products and it demands different things of you so i've had to learn you know how to cope with uh you know dealing with 70 or 100 people every single day and you know you can't even if you're tired and frustrated you can't get snappy you got to keep people motivated you know that kind of thing so really it that's what came that's what came about and what it means for me right now is um, making sure that I do the things for myself first to make sure that I'm a productive member of the team, which for me means, uh, you know, really getting my nutrition dialed in. Um, I go to the gym every day at lunch, usually on most days, some kind of like metabolic conditioning just to get my, just to get things moving, get, uh, blood flow and feel good, just get the endorphins and that kind of rush and just some time away from work for a little bit. Um, usually once a week I'll do a heavy weight training session just to kind of idea there is keep 
keep a muscle mass strong. It's kind of a great, great organ that disposes of glucose and has all kinds of awesome signaling properties to keep you sharp. Um, as well on the eating front, I would say I'm kind of cycling in and out of ketogenic diet on a one week time scale. Again, just to keep my average blood sugar low, keep my, uh, kind of my metabolic and biological markers in a good place for the long run. Make sure that things are, are you, are you doing blood tests and everything as well with that? Yeah. For the last six months or so, I've been wearing a continuous glucose monitor. So, um, I can kind of monitor real time how that's all going. I've learned a kind of a lot of interesting things about what foods cause a particular reaction in me and which ones don't. So that's been a really interesting thing to explore. And, you know, throughout this, I've met a bunch of people locally and kind of a little bit broader who are really into this stuff and gotten a chance to engage with them and discuss things and, you know, figure out what kind of diet works really well for me, what doesn't, um, what things help my performance, what things hurt my performance. And, you know, on the side, we got this, we have this, uh, we have a pretty big warehouse in Woodenville. So I've kind of carved out a nice little, little gym for people here. And then we've set up, uh, internally, there's a, we use Slack a lot for communication. So there's a health channel on Slack and then, uh, also a health channel on Basecamp that we use. So there's a lot of discussion going on about, you know, anything from, a uh, low sugar diet to circadian rhythms to, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, we, we try and b- blend it into the business to reinforce to people that it's important they take care of themselves first so they can be a productive member of the team. Um, Chase Jarvis kind of has this great quote that I saw on something recently where he said, it's kind of like when a plane is crashing, you need to put on your own oxygen mask first before you try and help others. And that's how I kind of treat treat personal performance and wellness is I got to I got to take care of this stuff in order to be a productive team member. I love it, man. You're speaking my language. So, so here's another question for you. What are, if you had to give, and the, and, and the importance of this is for our listeners, these edges you have make a difference, right? Like when you neglect yourself, it, it, it neglects your business and, and how you perform. What, what, um, what is your supplements of choice? Do you do, do, do you do supplements? Do you have stapled um, vitamins or anything like that? The reason I ask is because we, we did a thing. Do you, do you know who uh, Dr. Cooper is, the Cooper Clinic out of Dallas? Yeah. He's like the, the health and wellness doctor for um, all the presidents. And now he's doing this program with Naval Special Warfare. And uh, we got to go interview him. And he gave me the seven keys for health and wellness. Interesting. And, and, uh, and a couple of them were, were supplements. One of them was vitamin D yep. one's vitamin B one's fish oil. Um, but those, those truly do. I mean, the, he had stats and everything behind it. I'll, I'll send you, I'm going to send you the audio to the interview and guys, we'll post it on the podcast too. the audio for, for his interview. It, it will change your life, but, uh, he, it, it was awesome. That's why I'm asking you about the supplements. Yeah, I would say the the way I think about health is like this, like the 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 easiest thing to do, you know, it, it depends on what your context and what your goal is, but like let's say you're overweight and you want to lose some weight, the easiest thing to do is to shorten up your eating window. So, I'm a big fan of fasting or intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding. So just start compressing the time in which you eat and then the time in which you grow the time in which you don't eat. That's a it's a completely free thing to do. It makes substantial changes into your markers, uh, into your, you know, uh, glucose and insulin markers and has made just a huge impact in my life. Um, then I would start to understand your chronic inflammation. And if you have that, cause that's something that just, I, I definitely had that and 
as an example, like one thing you just mentioned, fish oil, big helper, uh, fish oil got my, you know, supplementing with fish oil and fixing my diet, got my kind of chronic inflammation markers down to a reasonable level. And that has made a big difference in the way I feel every single day. Um, and then I would say, you know, just the real easy, easy thing to do is just eat real food, you know, yeah. cut out, cut out all the BS. Like once you get rid of that, it helps a ton. And then just last week, actually, I completed my first, I did a, almost a six day fast nice. just to kind of, uh, just to kind of try it out for once, see how it went. It was pretty incredible. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that hard. And it kind of reframes your understanding of, um, how you need to interact with food. You know, I think one thing that's kind of happened in our, in today's culture, we've developed a bit of an unhealthy relationship with food where people think they need to be eating every two hours. And in fact, it's quite the opposite. Your body needs the time without food to do a lot of its repair and restoration. Yeah. And it's become, it's become a part of our social habits. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and I know I keep reemphasizing this, but the, the, what it does to your your brain activity from the physical activity to the, the 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 clean eating and the proper nutrition it will elevate you and and when when you are competing with at this point i don't know how many brands that are trying to do what you're doing and when guys like us that are competing with a ton of other production companies and there's a lot of good people there are a lot of people that produce good products yeah. and there are a lot of people that create great production but Every little edge matters when it comes to performing at an elite level. So that's why I, I, I love hearing how other guys treat their bodies too. It's cool. Yeah. And I mean, to, to, to put in a different context, like Dave and I went for a walk one day and on that walk, we had the idea to put handles on the aerial gimbal and it turned into the Movi. And if your brain's not working properly, when you go for a walk, you're not going to think of those things. And it, you know, it does make a, it does make a difference. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It all stemmed from a walk. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing we do at FreeFly. All the meetings we do are usually walking. So nice. Um, we call we call them walk and chat. So typically, weekly one on ones with people handle it happen on the FreeFly trail here. And each day, Dave and I start off our day with kind of a morning walk where we discuss, um, you know, what we're screwing up, how to fix it, how to get things back on track, things that are going well, things that aren't going well, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's funny that you say that. We literally, we literally do that here too. Um, the only problem here in Virginia Beach is we have the, all the fighter jets are based here, so we're we're constantly battling jet noise when we walk. So it's it's walk and scream. <laughs> um, so so you talked about you know the health and wellness and how that helps deal with with obstacles and challenges. You talked about um, the health of the business dealing with challenges. Can you tell me some of those? some of the biggest challenges that you think you faced, um, as a company and as a brand and, and, and how you dealt with it? Uh, looking backwards or looking forwards? Well, you know, it can be either or really. I mean, I think, um, I, I, I know that you said that you're, you, you love challenges and that helps drive you. Um, and, and you've dealt with big screw ups and crashes and it might be a literal crash, or it might be a, uh, uh, or it might be something more figurative, where it's a challenge in business, a crash in business. Can you tell me a little bit about um, dealing with that stress? I think one thing um, that really separates also elite business or elite brands or or services are are people who can deal with those high stress situations and and and, and where other people might bottle up or, or crash and burn. Some people thrive in that situation. 
Yeah, for sure. So I can tell, I can walk you through kind of three different levels of failure that I've encountered. Um, kind of one of the more personal ones uh, back in when I was a full-time uh, aerial cinematographer, when the Red Epic first came out, I went with Tom Lowe to shoot some stuff. And there, I think at this point, there were maybe six or eight of them in the world, very few epics. And we went to the Salton Sea to film some stuff. And the helicopter that I was using, um, I had some kind of mechanical failure that I still don't understand to this day. And the thing ended up crashing into the Salton Sea oh. and destroying the helicopter, destroying the epic, destroying all the, cinema, all the cinema lens and, you know, all the stuff that was on on it and that was just a brutal day it was you know because in my mind we in my mind what was going to happen is we were going to go out and create this epic imagery release it to the world blow everyone's hair back and they say wow i can't believe these guys figured out how to fly the epic and create this stunning stabilized imagery instead i spent the day swimming around the salton sea trying to recover the helicopter um Ugh. and that was that was a brutal day uh kind of that's the day you want to cry and call your mom yeah exactly it was for sure um Looking back now, it doesn't feel as bad anymore. Some time has passed. Um, but on the business scale, developing the Alta, uh, that really kicked our asses. Um, you know, we ran about six months over schedule on that development and probably two times over budget. And it was a brutal, brutal thing. Uh, it is really a difficult proposition to build a drone that people will actually love. And I think that's why you don't see that very frequently. You know, you see, you see typically what you see in the drone business these days, you see the marketing guys talk about it in the beginning and it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's going to change everyone's perspective. It's going to do X, Y, and Z. And then when it actually comes time to launch that product and you have to convince paying customers that they're happy that they gave you your money, their money for the product, it's a very different thing. And very few people are doing it successfully these days. And I know for a fact, all the companies that are doing it successfully have gone through the same trough of despair that we went through, you know, in order to get to the other side, because it, it really was just a brutal ass kicking. Um, and, you know, on the flip side, it's probably one of the things that I'm the most proud of that we ever did as a company was sticking to that, getting it out. And then in the end, having just crap loads of people flying the Alta all over the world and loving that thing is really satisfying. Yeah. And it's a badass product. Uh, I mean, even, the simplicity of, of it is is what makes it so cool to me. I mean, it's just, it, it, you know, all of it. Um, so... You you have some new stuff in the works too. I, I know. I know you. There's there's some stuff launching in December, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll have a new uh, a new product and a whole new product class for us in December. Is 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 that something that we can talk about, or is that something that we wait for? Uh, I can't really talk about it too much yet. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything until I actually know it's going to be done on time. Got it. No, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, that that's cool. Um, can we talk about, you know, you, you had mentioned fitness and all these other things, what you see for free fly five, 10 years down the road. Do you see, can we talk about that being non-specific to product? Yeah, sure. No problem. Okay, cool. So, you know, you're rapidly evolving. There's new products coming out. You already mentioned you could potentially see something in fitness. What do you see five, 10 years down the road? Yeah, I think the lens uh, that I'm kind of analyzing the future through right now is um, FreeFly has gotten really good at these kind of core competencies, which are we're really good with sensors. We're really good with actuators. We're really good at building drones, uh, rope. At its core, it's all robots. So 
I would say the team here is kind of analyzing the landscape and saying, you know, what hasn't been done in the robotics space that we are particularly well suited to solve. Um, and that could be something in the kind of health and performance space. That could be something in the home space. Um, so I think FreeFly will evolve into something that isn't strictly focused on the cinema industry, uh, but we'll, we'll kind of leverage some of the competencies and skills that we've gained in the robotics market. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of apply that in a broader context in the future. That's pretty incredible, especially being able to, to break into new markets. Have, taking what you've learned from the, the cinema industry, do, are you going to be able to apply those same principles to breaking into new markets? Or is that, is that something that you have to completely reapproach and analyze? No, I think like if you're going to start a business anywhere, uh, if you start in the cinema industry, it's awesome because you, as a core competency, you have the ability to create an absolutely stunning product launch film at any time. So mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> any product idea we ever think of in about three days, the team here can create a, a launch film for it. That's like yeah. stunning. So that's, that's a really nice little trick to have in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah. I, we're, we, we've learned to manipulate the viewer's minds, you know, and obviously we want to do it with integrity, but that's what filmmakers are good at, you know, uh, yeah. letting people see what we want them to see. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. Well, hey, man, it's been awesome chatting with you. I, I, I could talk even more about health and wellness with you for a long time because it really gets me fired up here. And I'm glad to hear that there's industry leaders that, that really care about that because too many people put that on the back burner. So that, obviously, I love the brand and I love hearing about everything else, but the health and wellness thing really fires me up too. Yeah, just uh, just yesterday on health and wellness, we got uh, a whole nother set of kettlebells came in. We've got a skier machine machine over in the corner that people can go over and try and try and beat the top time on if they want to. And um, this year, we actually transitioned. We used to do donuts on Friday for the whole team, and we transitioned to bacon Fridays, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, I started uh, supplementing our coffee. Uh, I started buying bulletproof coffee for the team, so in case anyone wants a little. A little boost in the morning with some MCT oils in their coffee to get the brain going. That's that's available in the kitchen, and yeah, I think we're we're pushing in the right direction. It's really fun, and it's it's a it's been a fun way to engage with different people when you start talking about health and performance and wellness. And it's always it's always a really great space to interact with the team on. It is, man, and it's something that you can track together, you know, and and enjoy the fruits together. I think it's awesome. So we want to talk about the podcast, your social. Is there anything else that we want to plug? Yeah, just just uh, the only thing that's important to me is just careers. You know, if you want to if you want to come work on uh, awesome robots with a kick-ass team and take take a shot at surviving in a high-performance culture, uh, let us know. That's great. Is is it something where they have to have that in their background, or is it something where if they're passionate and they and they have an awareness, they can do it, or is it something where where they need a tech background? No, I mean we have kind of openings all over the place. Um, the things I hire for just uh, character and intelligence. If you if you have both of those, I think you can overcome just about anything. Awesome. We well, heard it there, folks. And then you can check out the Free Fly Systems podcast, Every Access, and you can also check them out on Instagram at Free Fly Systems. Anything else, Tab? Yeah, follow our, follow our stories and uh, tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like on Instagram. <laughs> nice. And show us your uh, show us your your meal plans on there when on your stories. 
Okay, I will. I'll start filming it. It's not going to be. It's not going to be very interesting. I'd go for long periods of time yeah. without eating. <laughs> well, let us know when you're doing that. It'll it'll push us to be better. Okay. Cool. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. But hey, man, that was really fun. I appreciate uh, your time and and you chatting with us. Yeah, no problem. Good shocker. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Ironclad Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on iTunes. Make sure that you leave us a review, any questions that you may have. Also, follow us on Instagram at This Is Ironclad and also our website, thisisironclad.com.